You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Good uh, Saturday morning, mid-afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this, whether you're joining joining us live on Twitter or YouTube. Um, welcome into Packers Total Access Chalk Talk. My name's Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And I'm joined today for a few minutes here. Really appreciate your time. We got Coach Han on with us. How you doing today, Coach? I'm excellent, man. How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. Just been sitting here. Uh, you know, going through tape all morning long, and it doesn't get any better than that. Got college game day on in the background, just looking at a little bit of little bit of Packer footage here and trying to figure out what went wrong in this Tennessee game and really take your pick, right? <laughs> so <laughs> what we're going to do, guys, is try to go in chronological order, if at all possible. Now, I know Coach Hans got to bounce here soon. So when he does, Coach, if we don't get to the play um, in time or you think we're kind of hitting that deadline, then you just stop and say, hey, let's jump into that play. I got to roll. It's totally cool. We'll make a, a smooth transition there. But we wanted to kind of go in chronological order today, guys, to kind of give you an idea of, why the game flowed the way it did. That's really the whole purpose. It's easy to, to go on Twitter, and I'm as guilty as anybody, and post a video, see a video, and go, oh, that's why they lost. And you, there's so many things that are kind of taken out of the picture that, that caused the, the flow of the game to go the way it did. So let's just start right off the bat, Coach. I'm going to share my screen first, and you let me know when you need to share yours. But we're going to dive into um, a couple of different things here. First off, um, in the first quarter, getting things kind of cranked up. This came, this was a Traylon Burks 43-yard pass, and this came in the first quarter, 14-07. They wasted no time. And I know um, you had, you know, chatted with us in the uh, in the Discord chat and kind of asking, you know, uh, you know how the game went because you didn't watch it live there in real time. And it was like, man, for me, the coverage was the biggest issue. It just seemed like all day long the coverage wasn't comfortable. There were people that were blowing coverage. There were other people saying that it's Joe Barry's fault. That's why we're here today, guys. We want to kind of understand what went wrong at different times. So you can see my screen, right, Coach? I got you, buddy. Awesome. So the game obviously is tied 0-0. Zero to zero. Like I said, it's coming in the first quarter. Tennessee comes out in the guns, trips left, and they have kind of a switch-climb concept. Uh, the Packers, obviously, they're going to counter with a nickel 2-4. They're coming out in a wide nine, a couple four techniques, and then another nine on the other side. And to me, Coach, this looks like cover one robber, and I want to get kind of your take on it. Um, I don't have the all 22, although I do have this behind the line of scrimmage. Tell me if you see a cover one robber here, because as we were talking off the air, man, they're doing some really, really cool things as far as Joe Barry and, and disguising looks where you might have a, a, a linebacker in man coverage when everyone else is in zone and everyone reading their keys. But right here, I kind of recognized a cover one robber. And you could kind of see Savage dips into the box here in just a second. You're going to notice him not in the box, but to the middle, middle of the field. That's Savage right there. And as he drops in, if you go behind the line of scrimmage, you can kind of see Savage. He's playing that, that, uh, that strong safety position. Once again, you got Rudy Ford way outside of the hash over here. He's obviously um, respecting the uh, the trips on the left side of the field. Do you see cover one robber here, or is it just me? Um, I would have to I would have to see the key from the the number one receiver. So unfortunately, I can't see it here. This is a this is a package we call trio that they're running offensively when you have a nubs tight end or that tight end that's all alone to the right hand side. The offense is right. Yeah. Um, I would have to see the key from number one, because this is either cover one robber or a, a, a spinner version of match three, um, a, a, a Saban uh, technique that's used with a little bit of pressure. Packers are definitely in what we call a peso package, 2D tackles and a couple of outside backer edge type guys. Um, this could certainly be cover one here, Clayton. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't really read the key gotcha. off of one. Yeah, no worries at all. I just wanted to kind of get your quick assessment because that's what I've seen. I, I, to me, there weren't no key that was like, okay, yeah, this is this is spinner. Um, to me, it looked like cover one robber. But Rudy Ford, you watch on the deep side of the field there on the left, Coach. He really, really stays to the left quite a bit. As Savage dips into the box here, that's going to leave a one-on-one -on -one matchup between Keyshawn Nixon and the rookie wide receiver Traylon Burks. And I, you know, you could tell right off the bat, Tannehill knew where he was going with this football. Right, there is no help 
over the top. Rudy Ford is so far left that there's no way that he can help with this. And then you can kind of see Tannehill takes advantage of that because Keyshawn is showing almost like that, that outside technique, or I guess inside technique coming from that left side of the field. And, and he really bends it back in and just a great play. But this right here is what I'm talking about right off the bat out of the gate. It's funny. I went on a pregame show coach uh, with some Titans uh, fans that invited me on. And I told him load the box and make Tannehill beat you. And guess what happened, Coach? We loaded the box and Tannehill beat us. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened in this game. But Traylon Burke's a great adju adjustment there. And um, it, what's weird about this, and the reason I wanted to point this play out, obviously it kind of set the tone for the night. And this was a third and seven play, which seemed like they converted on all third downs all night. We had Amos playing the star position here, which is kind of strange. This is Amos right here, and Savage was playing deep. So they really switched things up, what seemed to be. Now, maybe they were trying to capitalize on a, a matchup there. I don't know. But you can kind of see Amos gets caught up in the wash there, even on that out. Tannehill could have went there, but instead goes over the top. So um, anything you want to point out here? As yeah, so uh, 25, what's his name again, 2-5? That's uh, Keyshawn Nixon. Okay, so uh, uh, that cat's a little flat here. He's reading all of number two vertical is his read. Mm -hmm. Um you can watch as he kind of bends inside and, and hits what we call that scooch technique. He's a little slow. He's got to stay capped on that route. Um, his read is number two vertical, um, what we call mood or man only out and deep. Um, so it's kind of a version of a screw coverage is, is what I believe he's running here. He's got to stay capped. He's got to stay on top of that route. Um, we saw this in the Cowboys game with, I, I believe it was Rudy Ford. I'm not sure. Um, able to to undercut a couple of those th throws from Dak. Um, yeah. One specifically, I believe, in the low red zone. Uh, it might have been his first pick. Um, it's kind of a gamble play, to be honest with you, because if you're undercutting a, a route you're supposed to cap or stay on top of, um, and it's not overthrown, if that ball goes over your head, it's a big play, as we see here. Um, so he should probably stay in that scooch one more step and stay capped on that um, without such a heavy bend. It looks like he was anticipating a corner and a post crossed his face. That's that's yeah. not good. Makes sense, yeah. And and this is a perfect example. Like you said, we've seen that look, and, and there was one play that we highlighted last week uh, when I did the solo show um, where Rudy Ford jumped the route, and I thought, man, if that ball doesn't get tipped by Enigbare on that play, then that deep crosser is going to be there, right? And it's obvious that Tennessee looked at the tape and said, you know what, let's take advantage of this. Let's catch them, catch them in this same look, and bam, there it is. So good stuff, man, good stuff. Let's move on to the next play. Uh, Aaron, like I said, it, it, when you when you get to the point where you feel like we need to jump ahead to the play you want to look at, it's totally cool you just say so. But this came uh, in the first quarter. There was only uh, five seconds left. And I just wanted to highlight it real quick. This is kind of Aaron Rodgers. This is the Aaron Rodgers effect. Tennessee's up seven to nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. And Green Bay goes down, and they get to the Tennessee 14-yard line. Okay, and like I said, it's a third and nine now. Tennessee Vrabel is going to come out, and he and he's basically trying to sub out two of the big boys. Right? They catch two of the big boys on the field here. This is what Aaron Rodgers has done over the years, uh, making his hay. And and I think it's personally because the Packers come out in eleven personnel, and you can kind of see right here. Rodgers really rushes it, right? And from the camera angle, this is what I love about all 22 and some of the zoomed, out, the, the zoomed out looks is you couldn't really tell what are they doing here? Why are they rushing, right? And, and for whatever reason, TV crews, I, I don't know, man. They don't really know what to look for. It's just let's get an emotional look on the quarterback's face. Let's zoom way in here, right? But you see Rodgers rushes, and he's going to hammer this pass in to Christian Watson for the touchdown, right? And then on this view right here, you can really see it, Coach. We got 11 personnel, and they want to get those big boys off the field. Look at 93 and 91. Looking looking like me running to the buffet line at Golden Corral. Look at this, right? They are trying their darndest to get off the field. Um, hey, Aaron Clayton, recognizes can you, can you it. run that back and, and run it through the snap and just real speed, please? Yeah, absolutely. You're talking see. about this camera here? Yeah, yeah, just run yeah, it through, through the snap and real speed. We've got ref out, 1-1,000. One, one yeah, oof, that's, that's tight. That play um, – I mean, they definitely have linemen on the field, but that play maybe shouldn't have uh, counted for Green Bay, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, the the rules state that you have to be, the offense has to be set, unless you're in motion, um, not so non-forward motion. Um, you have to be set for a count of one, um, so a full one, 1,000, or what the referee Ooh. calls it. Um, yeah. This receiver on the bottom side here, the off receiver, what we would call the Z, doesn't look like he's set for a full one. It's, it's, it's close, and you can't, you can't, <laughs> ask a ref to do that, you know, knowing that they're going to go fast. Um, 
But yeah. this is just Aaron Rodgers being being just, I mean, making hay and being smarter than everybody else, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's also, like we said, the Rodgers effect, he probably got that call. Some other quarterbacks might not get that, right? Because you're right. I mean, that's not a full second for Lazard at the bottom. There's no way. If that's a full yeah, I mean, second, yeah. It's it, it's funny either way, right? It's 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 yeah. really cool to me when when some of these really smart people get to kind of manipulate the rules of the game a little bit. It's awesome. I love it. I do too, man. It's it goes back to what we said a couple of weeks ago. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I love it. Yeah, um, that's that's exactly how I see it. So all right, so I, I just want to point out the placement of this ball too from Aaron. If you look at this throw, now obviously it's a free play. It's easy. You're playing backyard ball here. Regardless of what happens, it's gonna be a penalty at a minimum. Everybody go to the end zone, turn around, let's take a shot. And look at the placement of this ball. I mean, it is absolutely only where the receiver can get it. But look at Christian Watson. And, and that's been the big knock, Coach. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got all this athletic ability. But does he have the hands? Is he really a receiver? I mean, you see it right here. Look at this grab. This is all hands. Look at that. Amazing, well, yeah, amazing. The, the grab is, is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, there's not, I mean, there's receivers that can make that play. But the thing that is most impressive to me is what you're showing right here. Coming back to what we call the swirl or the pivot on the backside comeback route here, where he's contacted by a defender. Both eyes, like all, all both sets of eyes are on the ball. Look at his spatial awareness to not step out of bounds. Yeah. He touches the white at all. He's ineligible to touch the ball first, even if he's pushed out here. This is, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got to chuckle when people say, you know, small school, NDSU, whatever. Uh, it's just like, this is just so intelligent. This is just great football, baby. Yeah. I love it, man. Cause we, you know, the first half of the season, not, I, I want to say everybody, but not everybody. A lot of the media was already writing them off. It's a bus, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, he hasn't even had a full season yet. We're coming in the second half of the season and you're starting to see things like this. And, and like you said, if he, if his, if his right foot touches the line, he's ineligible mm -hmm. play over. And just having that awareness and even having the strength to kind of fight that off because you know that's what the DB's thinking right here. Let me yeah, just this is a squeeze him. technique by two five. That's really well done here. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, it's Love unfair it. to be able to coach these guys. Good, good for the coaches <laughs> at Green Bay. That's going to be so much fun, dude. Absolutely, man. And so with Christian Watson, what you're seeing is more awareness. You're seeing better hands. You're seeing more crisp routes. Guys really starting to turn the corner. Bring that back Got to it. the way beginning again because I'm an O-line coach. Yeah, receivers are cool, whatever, quarterbacks are cool. But watch <laughs> this pickup. Like, you're right, this is backyard ball and stuff, but there's nothing easy about this um, because look at this four-eye. Crush your right tackle, and then watch as we run this back. Watch what Aaron Jones does, dog. Oh my God! Oh Lord, yeah, I see it now. I didn't even pick up on it. Look at this is this is slide protection. It's a one man or it's a one word call. Rogers is just getting that hurry up. You know they're always going to slide in their one word call. But good Lord, Aaron Jones, he took that's, on a big boy by himself. Like, yeah, just, that that's literally why we don't like to run a full slide protection is because we don't want a running back on a defensive lineman. That's a loss for us, right? Personnel wise, Green Bay's just like, yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if I remember correctly, too, when I was going through the PFF grades, Coach, I think he had an elite pass blocking grade, and that there's one reason why right there. So good stuff, man. Good Love eye that, picking man. that up. Um, so, again, guys, that, you know, at the time, Tennessee was up seven to nothing. Obviously, that ties the game. Would have tied the game, miss an extra point, have it blocked, but uh, that's neither oh, really? here there. What's that? That's, that's, I didn't know they had an extra point block. That's not good. Yeah. It, it, you know, you know why you didn't know about it, Coach? Because none of us talked about it. Because we're just used to it. It's it's unbelievable. We've <laughs> we've just kind of come to the realization. Of, all right, this stuff's just gonna happen on special teams. It sucks, man. It really does. I'm sorry, bro. Um, that does suck. Yeah. All right. So uh, next play, we're gonna go fast forward to the third quarter. You're probably wondering why. I'm telling you right now, Coach. The majority of that first half. Tennessee just leaned on Green Bay. I mean, they averaged less than four yards of carry with Derrick Henry, but my goodness, man, they would not go away from it. It was Mike Vrabel 101. They just leaned on us the whole game. So we got to go all the way to the third quarter, and this is the play that you and I talked about, so I'm glad we got to it. Um, this is a 31-yard pass from Ryan Tannehill, and when you see it, it just screams busted coverage. Now, immediately, people came out on Twitter, fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry. I understand it's Joe Barry's job to, uh, to get these guys ready. I get it. But, again, this is the third quarter, seven minutes and 38 seconds left, second and seven. You've got you've got to depend on your guys to be where they're supposed to be. Like, I think I'm becoming a coach apologist uh, myself. And, and it's, not, it's not intentional, but it's like, 
like, you, yes, there are schemes. There's weaknesses to every scheme. I get it both offensively and defensively. But at the end of the day, if a player is not going to be where you want him to be, all of that goes out the window, right? So we're going to kind of roll it here. Tennessee comes out in a gun. Coach, I think this was a gun 12. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but they've got one tied in on the line of scrimmage here. They're, he's attached to the offensive line. I'm pretty sure, unless this is Traylon Burks, this is a big boy here too. So this might have been a gun 12 look, might be 11. Doubles on. Uh, they're going to attack the strong side. They've got three options. It's kind of a almost like a high-low look, right? They're going to send one guy deep and a couple options that are going to kind of sit underneath. And I believe you called this Haas. Is that right? Yeah, it's a version of what uh, Belichick's been running forever with uh, Brady called the Haas package. Hitch I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and share your screen so you could take over, bro. Got you. All right. I'll go ahead and I'll flip to it here. Um, yep. Yeah, this is a – Route combo-wise, I'll skip to the route combo here um, and show you all what we're seeing. Route combo-wise, this is a version of the Belichick Haas system, H-O-S-S, or Hitch Outside Slot Seam. Um, it's run out of a tray left look where the tight end is attached and the other two receivers are off. Um, I do believe that number two receiver is a tight end type body, um, so I think you're right. But here is the route combo. Um, this is what Tennessee is going to run. Obviously, they're going to be in five-man protection. And uh, Green Bay is going to finally bring some pressure here. You know, they got them got them pinned back a little bit. They're going to bring a five-man pressure. So the coverage call behind it is actually a pretty safe one. I'll roll ahead to what I have queued up for the coverage call here. Um, essentially, it's going to be a spinner-type cover three look, um, rip-liz-match type of stuff. But uh, it's got a little bit of a, a, a caveat to it where your inside linebacker right here um, where I put three-man, um, that means he's going to take the number three receiver, this attached tight end, man-to-man. -man. You know, if he runs an out like he's going to do here, he's got a man-to-man -man and a trail technique. If this uh, wide receiver were to, or this tight end, excuse me, were to go vertical, he would reroute and carry him to this safety that's going to drop to the middle third. So uh, you got the tight end taken care of. And then these two right here, this is the inverted safety, we call it, or a safety that's going to be able to uh, play the flat and invert or go down into the box. Um, and... This corner right here, Jyle Alexander, uh, they're going to read number two. They're both reading the number two receiver here, and that's going to tell them what their job is um, post-snap because this inverted safety here, Savage, if number two were to run an in, like a mesh concept out of this, he's got to attach to him, right? Because it'd be easy for the tight end to go out. He meshes in. If he doesn't attach to any of the in-breaking routes um, before he gets to what we call the hard deck or uh, a predetermined spot on the field, if this number two receiver runs in and he just flies to the flats, that, that number two receiver is going to be wide open, right? So he's got to watch for that. And this is kind of the clue that you get as to why this coverage is here. A couple of clues. Um, number one, Ja is inside aligned on the number one receiver, meaning he's in between the receiver and the ball slightly. He's got his hips faced towards the quarterback and his eyes are on number two, which tells me this is zone coverage right off the bat. And you'll see it in his drop here. And you'll also see Savage's shuffle here a backpedal. He's not immediately to the flats, like in an old country cover three type of setup. Um, he's going to go ahead and shuffle and read the number two receiver here, just in case that receiver were to go in, he could attach. If that receiver does anything but go in, he goes to the flats. So once he sees the hard deck right here, he sees this receiver is now vertical. He can pass that off to Jair Alexander and he can come rob the flats, right? This is where it all breaks down right here. It's on Jair Alexander. Ja's a smart football player, right? He knows they've got pressure. He knows that they have five-man pressure going against a five-man pass pro scheme. So he knows his ball has to come out quick. And he guesses, and this is where he's wrong. He's guessing that Tannehill's going to throw to the man receiver. He knows that Tannehill knows that that inside linebacker is man on number three. So he's guessing that Tannehill's going to take that quick shot to the outside leveraged man tight end receiver. And it looks like Ja is sitting on it and waiting. This is what we got, like you hear fans all the time say hero ball on Rodgers on the other end. This is what hero ball looks like when you're playing corner. When you're not doing your job, you're trying to do too much. Maybe thinking we're going to spin the season around with this one play, whatever it is. Because he's <laughs> thinking pick six all the way. He's thinking Tannehill's throwing this sucker hot with the pressure coming. He's going to jump that route and go score. Unfortunately for him, Tannehill was ready for that as well. And we'll watch Ja settle here when he's supposed to be capping this route. He's reading the number two receiver. He's supposed to stay over the top of it. We see cover three here. We see our spinner to the middle of the field taking away any sort of post look or any sort of uh, deep dig look if they have the time to do it. Ja is trying to jump this route right here. 
and he's thinking he's going to get it. And that puts him in a really bad position. It's a good throw and catch um, from Tannehill to whoever this cat is. I have no idea who that is. It doesn't really matter. It's a good pitch and catch. It's a good read by Tannehill. It's good anticipation. But what it really boils down to is hero ball, right? This is your job, homie. You're reading number two. He goes vertical, which he does. He breaks the hips of Darnell Savage. He's yours all day. That's why you're inside aligned on number one so that you can get out there and cap the slot fade from number two. If you were to go straight vertical or a post, you've got the help inside. It's hero ball, and it's, it's, it's probably a pretty frustrating thing for a defensive coordinator who dialed up a great pressure and a safe coverage behind it, and all of a sudden they convert. Yeah, and one of the other things that Coach talked about here, I'm going to share my screen real quick, Coach. Um, and, and, you know, when I originally looked at this play, I immediately thought, okay, it's it's probably man coverage because I watched how the corner was so snug up top. He had no no worry whatsoever to the deep throw on the right side. Although, like you pointed out, there was no threat. There was no reason to. Go ahead and snug up. You see the little shoot route underneath. You got everything under control. But then I rolled over and seen the middle linebacker and thought, he's in man coverage. He's definitely in man coverage, the middle linebacker. So this just goes to show you guys that it being a cover three spinner, you know, these are the things that Joe Barry's doing that it, to me, coach, it almost feels like the players, and I don't want to be mean, but it's like they're, it's not that they're not smart enough to run this defense. It's just, they're not disciplined enough to stay with their assignment. It's, it's absolutely, it's mind boggling. It's, it's rough as a Packer fan, because again, when this play happened, guys, and the reason we're going in chronological order, the Tennessee Titans were only winning 14 to nine. And this is a second and seven play. And you could tell that, Jair is being too aggressive. He's wanting to jump that flat, like Coach was saying. He's wanting to make that big play, and he's probably thinking, all right, they're just going to – they're not going to go down the field, right? And the pressure is pretty decent too, right, Coach? I mean, he's got hands everywhere. But, again, just the worst timing to blow a coverage. And, you know, you guys know I've been as critical about Savage as anyone in all of the Packers fan club, right? And in this case right here, it's easy to go, oh, Savage blew it. No, he didn't. This is on Ja. So, Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm almost positive that free runner is a tight end, which would have made that a gun 12 look, which obviously forces the Packers into the look that they've got here where they've got four big bodies. So they kind of went with that four-man front, puts them at a disadvantage just a touch in the passing game if, indeed, um, the uh, the DBs aren't going to hold up their end. And, and, again, this is your $20 million a year cornerback making a mistake man and it's uh it, it, i know it's easy to just look up and say oh this is joe barry's fault get him out of here but guys you you got to call a spade a spade and uh that wasn't on joe barry there so coach how are you doing on time and you got you got time let's for a couple here. more here we got about uh seven minutes bro let's hit another right. one this is perfect timing then because you were going to eat my lunch on this we're going to argue so much on this coach it ain't even funny so this was uh this came in the third quarter 648 left uh, second and five guys this was just immediately following like the very next I think it was maybe two plays later from that play we just highlighted so they're already on their heels you got that big gainer that got them out of Green Bay territory there and and you couldn't really capitalize on the uh on the field position from the Packers standpoint but Tennessee's still up 14 to nine like I said third quarter 648 left second and five play and Tennessee's at their own 49 yard line this is a play action screen pass coach and you're gonna love the way this sets up look at look at this play right here how it sets up I love play action screens. I mean, you it's like you're, you're kind of playing the run to the pass, right? Or playing the pass to, uh, through the run. So, it's, okay, play fake. Oh, he's dead. We've got him. We've got him. Nope. Just look at that. I mean, it, it sets up beautifully, right? Absolutely beautiful. Look at this play. You get that big boy running at these DBs, they ain't wanting to touch him. Now, I'm going to point something out to you here, and this is where we're going to part ways, I believe, because I know how you feel about your offensive lineman, right? And you know I'm a Packer fan, so I'm going to find any reason to blame the refs here. So here we go. I want you to watch Quay Walker in the middle, Coach, right here. Quay's going to shoot the gap. Not that he would have made the play anyway, but all night long, I felt like there were penalties on both sides that weren't called. And it's funny, on the pregame show, I told you that I, I was on there <clears throat> before the game there with the Titans fans. They were all saying, I hope the refs keep the flags in their pocket. And that's exactly what happened the majority of the night, right? So watch right here. Watch Quay shoot this gap. Coach, is that a hold? <laughs> you know I love offensive linemen, and I've never once called a hold a hold in my whole life. Um, that's, that's old. <laughs> I, I love Quay too. I don't think Quay was acting either. I mean, look at his feet come oh, off. That's the a, yeah, that's a that's a rip. That is not a flop. That's a 
<laughs> you know what, I, Clayton, I, I, I told you before, we said it a million times, homie, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, you know, make them throw the flag. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, isn't it funny when it's when it's the Packers benefit and I'm like, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. When it's against the Packers, it's look at this hold right here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a no doubter, baby. <laughs> now look, I got another one. I got another one coming for you, too, here. This is, the, right. look, I told you I'm being petty today. So here comes the screen set up, and I want you to look at Savage here. Coach, what is this right here? What kind of ball are we playing here? Look at this hook. Are you serious right now? That's a, that's a really good block by a wide receiver is what that is. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it with a straight face. Uh, yeah, the Titans definitely got away with uh, a, a right. couple on this play. I'd never seen this play before. As, as I said before, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I was at the uh, high school state games, um, yeah. so I didn't get a chance to see this. But uh, Packer fans, you definitely got a gripe here. Um, <laughs> two and, you, got a, you got a twofer here, the rare twofer. Um, yeah, they, they got away with some, uh, some pretty dirty stuff here. Yeah. So, you know, when I seen it in real time, I seen the Quay Walker hold. And then when I went back and watched the tape, I'm like, I'll be darn, they held Savage too. But you know what guys, at the end of the day, I don't, you know, yes, that was a huge play and that's why I wanted to highlight it. But at the same time, when you've got mistakes like the Packers had, especially in, in, in coverage and other aspects, um, you know, you can't, you can't put it on the officials. You just got to play through that stuff. You got to overcome it and, and, and find a way to make a play and, and come out on top. It's just the way it is. Coach, do you need to go ahead and bail. Is this a good time? Yeah, this would be a great time. I got to dip out. Thanks for having me on, Clayton. It's always such a blast talking ball with you, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you adjusting your schedule, man. Things got crazy on my end this morning. I really, really appreciate you, pal. Yeah, no worries. See ya. All right, see ya. All right, guys, we're going to continue here. We've got three more plays we want to highlight and plays that we felt like were very, very important. Now, I want to mention this. Um, you know, there's a lot of chatter uh, throughout Twitter and throughout, you know, all Packer fans about Aaron Rodgers being inaccurate and missing open receivers and all that stuff. Um, I did not hit on any of those. And the reason being is because, first of all, I didn't have access to the all 22 at the moment. I wanted to see if Sammy Watkins did pull up on that one throw. Now, there was another time where Alan Lazard was coming across the middle and everybody said, you know, Aaron Rodgers overthrew him. The ball actually touched Alan Lazard's hands. He, it, it wasn't like he. He came off the ground a great amount of distance. You know, there I could see. I guess what I'm trying to say is I could see arguments on both sides. Aaron Rodgers was definitely inaccurate, but on both of those plays, I kind of felt like the receivers were at fault too. Again, it's the boring argument. It's it's not just one person's fault. It's kind of everybody's fault is how the season is gone. But I wanted to mention that because Ryan is on Twitter. If you're watching live right now, and when we wrap up, hop over to Twitter. He's doing a great job of breaking down some of that, uh, some of that stuff where Aaron has missed wide open receivers. There was one play that Aaron, that uh, that Ryan outlined or, or showed that Christian Watson was just butt naked in the trailer park. This dude, there was nobody near him. I mean, nobody near him. And and it almost looks like Aaron's looking at him, but he didn't pull the trigger. So um, if if you're looking for that type of stuff. Ryan's doing a great job covering it. I'm kind of going a little bit different route and talking in more detail about some of the other things that that happened throughout the game and kind of the flow of the game. So I just wanted to mention that if you're sitting here watching going, why ain't you highlighting all the missed throws? Sorry, I'm not going to do an hour-long podcast saying, look at this inaccurate throw by Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty boring talk. The goal here is to understand how did the Packers and the Titans try to attack each other game plan wise? What went right and what went wrong? That type of thing. So I definitely wanted to mention that uh, if you're if you're looking for that kind of content, go check that out on Twitter because he's doing a great job of highlighting some of the mistakes that Aaron made as far as missing open receivers and being inaccurate. So let's move on to the next play. This was in the third quarter, two minutes and 36 seconds left. You know, for the first half to be so boring and with the Tennessee Titans just kind of controlling the clock and leaning on the Packers with the running game, um, the third quarter really amped up. There was a lot of things going on, but this was a pass from Rodgers to Lazard for 23 yards. It came in the third quarter, 236 left. It was a third and three play. Tennessee was up at this point, guys, 20 to nine. Okay, and you think third and three, just run the ball, just run the ball. Let's pick up the first down, right? And you're kind of right there on the edge of field goal range with Mason Crosby. So you almost look at a third down as a second down because you're probably going to go for it on fourth down, especially on a cold night when the ball's hard and you can't, you know, can't get as, as much distance on it. But on this play here, Green Bay comes out in a gun 11, Y off, trips left, halfback weak. Okay, so what's that mean? Gun formation, 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, right? And um, like we said, it's Y off. So the Y receiver of uh, the tight end is the Y receiver. He's off the line of scrimmage. He's detached from the offensive line. So that's where you get the Y off aspect of the play call. Trips left means they are all on the left side of the field. And then you got the X receiver on the opposite side, on the right side of the line of scrimmage. 
And um, halfback week simply means the halfback is lined up on the opposite side of the field from the tight end, from the wide receiver, okay? Tennessee counters with a nickel, and they're going single high man here to the best of my knowledge. Now, Coach did a great job of outlining how sometimes zone defense can look like man because of some of the keys and the complexity with it. You know, I, I think it's a great scheme from Joe Barry when a quarterback can look down and he reads man coverage on the backer, but it's actually a spinner's cover three. Like that's, that's something that can really confuse an inexperienced, uh, you know, quarterback. Now he made a great throw on that seam shot, right. Um, to Traylon Burks. And that, that just broke my soul. Cause you know, you guys know, I love Traylon Burks in the draft. He was just one of those guys. When I heard he hunt, hunted a, you know, wild boar with a knife. I'm like, this guy's after my heart. Cause you know, he, he just – you hear him talk. He's as country as cornbread. I was really excited about the Packers having a shot at him, and you can kind of see on that big play um, that he is uh, at times kind of stepping into that first-round pick role. But um, so – Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. From the uh, Green Bay perspective, this is a stutter go, dig seam go, okay? Now, what do I mean by that? Some people would just call it a stutter go dagger, okay? So what I mean by that is you've got kind of a dagger concept. You've got three, really the dagger aspect of this would be the tight end attack in the seam and then the slot dig there, okay? So you've got Cobby on a slot dig, which was there. That was open for the first down. And like I said, you're kind of looking at this as two down territory. So what Rodgers did was he came out and said, all right, they're playing the sticks. They've got a single high man look, right? We've got two shots to pick up this first down. I'm going to go to my boy Lazard, okay? And that's exactly what he does here. You know, Rodgers said years ago, if you get numbers, let it rip. What's that mean? What he means by that, now I want you to focus on the bottom of the screen here. And for those of you listening on the pod, this is the X receiver away from the trips look, okay? So the opposite of the trips. And um, it's Lazard one-on-one. Lazard gives a little shake at the line outside. Aaron, right here at this point, this is what he meant by if you get numbers, let it rip. He looks at man coverage. He knows it's man coverage, and he sees the back numbers, the numbers on the back of the jersey of the DB. He's throwing this ball because he knows that DB has no idea where the ball is. And you've seen him do this with Jordy Nelson for so many years, right? And it's one. it's been one of the things that's been missing. He did it with Tay. You know, he was phenomenal. They were even better. He and Tay were better at it than he was with uh, with Jordy Nelson back in the day. Now, um, he's kind of trying to do this with Lazard here, and it works. He sees the numbers, and he lets it rip. This is a great job by Alan Lazard. Look at Alan Lazard. He gets his head around. The DB still doesn't have his head around. And, again, I'm going to gripe here, and I'm going to show you why. First of all, look at the placement of this ball. I know Aaron Rodgers was inaccurate. I get it. He missed several throws. He made uh, several bad decisions. But the inconsistency, to me, says it's the thumb. When, when you can make a throw like this, guys, look at the placement of this ball. When you can make a throw like that in literally a two-foot window right on the money, I mean, he could not have walked it out there to Alan Lazard any better. And then you see him miss an open throw across the middle if indeed it wasn't the receiver's fault. That's indicative of the inconsistency of the thumb injury. So I think Aaron still has his fastball. It's just the thumb is still bothering him. Right now, that doesn't explain the mental mistakes, and that's what Ryan's doing a great job of pointing out on Twitter. He's definitely making mental mistakes. You can blame that on whatever you want. Now, I know this: when my back is messed up, I got two lower lumbar, two discs ruptured. When it's when it's hurting me, I'm not in the right mindset either. Right? When you know you can't perform at your peak level, whatever task you're trying to perform, if you know that injury's uh, you know uh, limiting you on what you can do physically, then you're going to try to over or undercompensate in certain aspects, right? It is what it is. You could say it's an excuse all you want, but I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, Big B on Twitter said when he met with Rogers the other day, he said, I probably should have mentioned this, but he confirmed to him that his thumb was broke. So he's got a broken thumb. And this is this is coming from a, a Packer fan. I get it. You got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. We don't we don't know all the details. I like to believe B. I think Big B is is freaking awesome. Um, if you guys aren't following him on Twitter, look him up. He, he got the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, thing granted the other day and got to meet with Aaron Rodgers. So much respect for that dude. I mean, the fact that he had all – he could have gotten anything signed and he took a picture of Aaron Rodgers holding up his, uh, his pinky toe. 
I'm like this. Yeah, this dude's getting a follow from me. Notifications on. I'm supporting this guy to the end. But he said that the thumb was still really badly bruised is what B said as well. So to sit here and pretend like all oh, the thumb ain't that bad, it sounds like he's playing with a broken thumb. So I'm not ready to write him off. But again, perfect placement on this throw. Great adjustment by Lazard. More so getting the right knee inbounds there on the catch. But you can see the route here. He just kind of gives him that little shake at the top. He knows I got to get outside. There's the numbers that Rodgers sees. DB's back to the ball. And this is the gripe I've got. The ball is in the air. How is this not pass interference? Like, look at this right here. I don't know what the officials did or did not see in that game, but this happened all night long. I love that the Packers professional photographer released 10, 10 shots from that game, had some beautiful pictures. And one of the pictures he released was Christian Watson running down the seam being held in an arm bar by the Titans DB, no flag. So it's frustrating. I'm not saying the fix was in for the Titans. Please don't take it out of context. But this happened all night long. You can see Lazard in an arm bar, still fights through and adjusts. You know how many receivers would just throw their hands up and go, that's a penalty. And if you don't get the call, then it's a wasted play. You've got to fight through it. you got to play through it. Breaks free. I mean, look at the look at the placement of this ball, guys. It does not get any better than that. He put it in a two-foot window, and I'm sorry. If you think that every quarterback in the league is making those throws, you're sadly mistaken. Now, look, you know, overlooking an open receiver, I get it. There are plenty of mid-level quarterbacks in the league that can see an open receiver and know to pull the trigger and throw the ball. I get that argument. To pretend like the majority of the quarterbacks in the league make this throw is just silly. It's right on the money. And there's the, the knee I was talking about with Lazard. Great catch. Again, why am I bringing this play up? Because it's showing Aaron's accuracy. It's it, There's inconsistencies, but there's also this, right? So we we don't need to ride him off for next year. I'm expecting 12 back. I think he's in a good place mentally. I think that the coaching staff understands where the team is at, especially with the injuries they've dealt with. That's the other thing, too. We're pretending like they're playing full strength. Guys, we were without our best defensive player in Rashawn Gary, an edge defender, top-tier position, in my opinion. And then Devondre Campbell, second-tier position, in my opinion, middle linebacker, all-pro last year, right? Well, I think he was the uh, the second-highest-rated player on the top 100s as far as uh, inside linebackers. Might have even been the top. He was the second-highest-graded linebacker on PFF. He's been out. Like, we got to stop fooling ourselves into thinking this is the full roster that's going on the field because it's just not the case. It isn't. So let's move on to the next play. All right. I mentioned that because we're building for next year. We're looking at, all right, who are we looking to bring back? How are we looking to adjust next year? I think we would all agree it's going to be very, very hard for the Packers to, to make it to the playoffs this year. So with that being said, um, we got to kind of put things into perspective, right? It's just it's just the way it is. So, um, all right, next play. This came uh, – this was in the third quarter, 2.09 left. It was a second-and-goal play. So it was uh, actually the very next play, if I remember correctly. And this is the Christian Watson eight-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Tennessee was up 20-9. to nine. This was a huge play. And, again, it goes with what, what Ryan and I were talking about last week on the little roundtable and, um, and us talking, you know, in the past and postgame. Aaron is starting to look at Christian Watson when the game's on the line. Pat Kerwin 101. When the game's on the line, think player, not play. And Aaron is looking for Christian Watson, which I think is awesome. So Green Bay comes out in an 11A strong left bunch, okay? They're going to run a play-action fake reverse, Y-SIF mesh cross. What's that mean? Let's, let's kind of outline that for you guys on the video here and on the pod. Again, I want to give people an idea of what is it that LaFleur is running within his scheme. What, what is it that makes his scheme special? And this is one of those plays in my opinion, okay? So you've got the play-action fake reverse. First of all, they're going to play fake to um, A.J. Dillon here, just going to a simple play fake. They're going to fake a reverse. So I want you to watch the backers. The backers are keying in on AJ. Oh crap! It's a reverse. They they go left. Oh no, it's not reverse. Now we got a backpedal. You're you're literally forcing them to make three decisions within a second and a half, which is uh, really going to put them at a disadvantage. Now the Y sift. What's the Y sift? I'm going to go to the other copy here real quick. If you'll focus on Y, who's Y? It's Big Dog. Okay, it's Mercedes Lewis. What's a sift block? A sift block is a technique where intentionally an offensive line will leave an edge defender unblocked and they'll bring the tight end across to throw what we call a sift block, okay? And it, and you've got all the uh, all the um, 
got, you know, Aaron's got all the trust in the world and big dog and rightfully so, but you're really banking on him picking up this sift block. If he misses on this block, you're a dead duck, right? So as you watch right here, 73 Yash is going to completely ignore the edge. The edge knows, okay, it's got to be a run left, right? Oh crap, here comes the reverse. Now look what it, look who's in his face. His eyes are in the backfield. There's big dog with the sift block. Okay, that's the Y sift aspect. Now mesh cross, what's that? They're going to run mesh crossers here. You can run mesh a, a number of different ways. You can do it with, with shallow crosses. You can do it with regular crossers. But what the idea here is Lazard out here to the left and Christian Watson to the right, they're going to meet in the middle. They're going to run two crossers, and the the goal is to get these guys in the secondary. First of all, you've got everybody's eyes in the backfield looking at the two play fakes, right, both to A.J. Dillon and to the reverse to Cobb. You've got them, their eyes in the backfield, and then as they try to backpedal to cover these crossers, you're going to try to get a rub or a pick play along the way here. And Aaron's just going to take a look and see who he wants here on this crosser. It's basically two options. Now you've got a little leak out to the left where the uh, the halfback after he after AJ Dillon completes the play fake he's going to kind of leak left there so that's another safety valve as well but watch Aaron's eyes here on this play guys as we roll it forward and for those of you on the pod there's the play fake to Dillon the play fake to the reverse now look at Aaron's eyes right here as the screen zooms in he looks right here on this side because he knows Lazard's coming on this crosser right look at all this action over here not not to mention this defender here. But the fact that Aaron is moving this safety, he is taking this safety with Lazard. He's looking right. He sees these defenders and goes, okay, that's not where the play's going, right? I'm definitely not going to throw the ball in that direction. So when he brings his eyes back down, you're going to see him look left. Now look what he sees over here, right? His eyes took that safety with him. This guy is completely turned around. The safety deep on the left side of the field is completely turned around, and now it's just a foot race between the underneath coverage and Christian Watson. This guy has a two-step lead on Christian Watson, and watch Christian Watson unfold here. Look at him uncover. Wide open and a perfectly placed ball. When I say wide open, I don't mean he was, you know, completely, you know, two, three-yard separation. This defender is, you know, one yard away hand in his face, and look at the placement of that ball by Aaron. I heard I heard some people watch that and go, well, he actually threw it behind him. Are you serious? Like So so you're not going to give Aaron a positive grade unless he puts it just, I mean, 10 out of 10, right? And, and you can look at that. One guy said, oh, he's wide open. That's an easy throw. He's wide open. Look at this window right here, guys. I literally screenshotted it and said, this is wide open? Look at the hand. <laughs> the hand right in Watson's face, and Aaron just drops the pass in right over top of the hand. Beautiful throw and catch, beautiful route by Christian. And again, you're seeing in the past, guys, if Rodgers, quote unquote, didn't have trust for a young receiver, right? Guess what he would have done there? He'd have probably tucked that ball, dumped it off to A.J. Dillon, or just threw it away, right? That's probably what would have happened. It's a second and goal play. It's not like they've got a score on this play. Live to play another down, right? No, he's looking for Christian Watson. He's got all the confidence in the world. Again, he looks first, first read is right. Okay, too much traffic there. Let's come back left. No hesitation. Throws Christian Watson open. Beautiful throw, beautiful catch. The rookie, man, I'm telling you, he's coming on strong. I'm excited about it. So again, that play came. The Packers were trailing 20 to 9, right? And uh that kind of tightened the game up there and uh and brung it down to uh you know, a little bit closer score. Now, as you guys know, um, later in the game, uh, you actually had uh, Tennessee went right back down the field and scored again. The defense kind of collapsed. I wanted to highlight one positive before we got out of here, and that's Russell Douglas. Um, Russell Douglas, to me, is is probably the, the defender I trust the most, even more than Jair Alexander at the moment. And you could kind of see Coach Hahn draw that out. And I want you to understand, we threw this show together on the fly. It wasn't like we came out and, and planned this in advance and said, all right, you talk about this, I talk about that. I had kind of a hectic morning with some uh, uh, with some family stuff and had to take care of. So uh, we kind of got settled in late to do the pod and to do the video. We didn't even talk about it. And what did he point out? And he said it in the chat. He actually messaged me actually right before and said, oh, wow, this is Jaws' fault. I'm like, really? Because I, I looked at it and thought, okay, to me it looks like man coverage and uh, Savage might have blown the coverage, right? That is, that's not how he's seen it at all. 
It was, you know, and he, he laid it out for you. This was this was job being greedy, looking to jump the flat and didn't play within the scheme, didn't play within the system. I love the parallel he drew hero ball. We always talk about Aaron Rodgers playing hero ball on offense. This is the equivalent on defense to Jair Alexander saying, screw the scheme, screw the system. I know what I see. I know better than them. You know, I should have been a captain. I, 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 me, me, me. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. And I love Jair Alexander, but you know, you gotta, you gotta call it what it is. It's a selfish play. So I mentioned all that because we come back down and now it's 27 to 17. Even, even after green Bay uh, scored that touchdown, I believe they got a two point conversion on a reverse, which is really cool. They ended up running a kind of a reverse play with 33 split out wide um, with uh, Aaron Jones out wide. So they already showed all of that reverse action through a touchdown pass off of it and then came back and ran somewhat of a reverse. can't remember if there was pre-snap motion before that with him flexing out wide or if he just came out of the set. But I, I mentioned that because that closed the gap in, guys. That that ended up making, if I remember correctly, the score was uh, then 20-17. to 17. So Green Bay's in it, right? And then what happens? Tennessee goes right back down the field because of mistakes and scores again. So I wanted to cap it off with a positive here. This was the fourth quarter. Uh, Tennessee's up 27-17 to 17 at this point. 10.55 left, and I'm thinking, all right, we got to get a stop here. If we're gonna if we're gonna have a shot at winning this game, we've got to get a stop. Who's gonna make a play? And this was a really really cool um, look here. I thought this was awesome. So first of all, this is Tennessee and what Mike Vrabel loves to do. Imagine that the linebacker that played tight end for Belichick from time to time and caught touchdown passes. It just loved to play gritty and and get in there and mix and match tight end with the linebacker position and all that stuff. He comes out in a twenty two offset eye. That's right, I said it. 22 offset eye. What's that mean? One, you know, you got two running backs. You got a halfback and a fullback. Could be a tight end. I consider this a fullback in the three-point stance, okay? So there's your two running backs, and you've got two tight ends, and they're overloaded to the right here, okay? So you see you got your center, your guard, your tackle on the left. On the right side, you've got center, guard, tackle, two tight ends, offset eye. So what they're looking to do here, Green Bay is loading the box. You can see Green Bay comes out heavy. They're loading the box. They're looking to stop the run like they have all night. It's a second and one play. This is what we talk about playing on schedule, and Green Bay has played from behind most of the year, and it really, really takes a toll on your play-action game. It does. Tennessee has done it to perfection. They pounded Derrick Henry, and they stayed with it all night long. He only averaged, he averaged less than four yards a carry, but you could see the Packers really had to respect it. And at this point, the enemy, the the opponent now for the Titans becomes the clock. So you're thinking they're going to run the ball, right? Wrong. They come out, and what they do is run a play-action climbs. Okay, it's a play-action crosser. And it's it's almost like a max protect play, too. Look at all these bodies in here to help block, right? I don't know what the fullback was doing. He stumbles. I don't know if he was supposed to leak. I guess he was. He kind of crawls through the line of scrimmage. I don't blame him for crawling. You look at all those big boys up there. But it's going to be a play-action climb or crosser. You can see that the one receiver that's split out wide is going to run a crossing route. Now, I want you to key in on Russell Douglas, and this is why I wanted to mention this. You know, to me, it looks like it's a run zone. They're, they're, they're playing zone defense, and they're really keying in on the run. you got all these bodies in here, and then as soon as the ball is snapped, the play fake happens, you see everybody kind of bail. Look at Russell on the edge. He's ready to put his nose down here in the C-gap and make a tackle if he needs to, right? He's playing run first. But as soon as he, he's got his eye on the ball, as soon as he sees the ball in Tannehill's hand, look at this adjustment. Guess what he's going to do, guys? He's going looking for work. There is no threat to his side of the field immediately, right? And look at Russell get back here. Look at the ground he covers. That is phenomenal. That's, that's not just him having the ability to get back there and make that play, right? But that's also – the awareness. Watch him right here from the uh, the camera from behind the line of scrimmage. You'll see Russell. He kind of bites up. He's covering. Look at him. A corner playing that C-gap, right? He's in there. He's ready to do whatever he's got to do to make this happen. It's actually uh, on the outside of the C, but watch him get back right here. He just goes looking for work. That's just smart football. That's let me get back here and see if I can help. It, it, you know, rather than just kind of sitting in the middle of the field and there's no immediate threat and okay, yeah, like you kind of see over here, right? You see on the left side, there's no threat over there whatsoever. Get in here and help. At least snug up in case Tannehill scrambles, right? And I, I don't know who that is. I should have looked at that beforehand. I'm trying to think. Let me roll it back. That looks like that might be Quay. I think that was Quay Walker. But you got to get in there and help, right? Rasul, back, beautiful read. Tannehill, at this look right here, he turns his back. Look at this right here. 
he sees all this, all this green. And he's thinking, this crosser is going to be here. I just got to flatten this puppy off away from the deep safety, which I believe was Rudy Ford. I just got to flatten that thing off. This is a huge gain. This is going to be a big play. But no, Rasul comes up and takes his candy. Look at this. Great play by Russell Douglas. And I'm telling you, when he when he made that interception, I thought, here we go. Here we go. This is what the Packers needed to get a comeback. This is what the Packers needed to kind of to, to get back in the game. You're down by 10. There's plenty of time to come back. And then, of course, the ensuing drive, Aaron Rodgers struggled. He struggled bad. Um, inaccuracies, missing open receivers. Um, it just wasn't there for the finish, right? But it, I think – the moral of the story with this game is we were playing catch-up the entire game. I don't know if we led one time. I don't believe we did. Let me look back through the notes. Yeah, not one time did we lead in this game. So you're you're behind the eight ball the entire night. You're you're literally having to play from behind, and, and you can't expect a team to play from behind that often and not get off to a fast start and win a lot of ball games. It's just not going to happen. So why did I want to do this episode the way I did? Um, I wanted to kind of roll through things in sequence and for two different reasons. First of all, I want people to understand the flow of the game matters, right? It's easy to just look up. I still seen people going, yeah, you should have stuck with the run. You should have stuck with the run. Guys, when you're averaging less than three yards a carry with A.J. Dillon and he got the bulk of the carries, uh, and then you go, we'll get the ball to Aaron Jones. Okay, Aaron Jones got a significant amount of touches in both the run and the passing game, right? But he didn't even pop four yards a carry. You're just going to continue to beat your head against the wall. Now, Tennessee was able to do it. Why were they able to do it? Because they were playing from ahead the entire night. Like at some point, you've got to try to push through. You got to you got to try to knock that wall down and, and get out to the lead, right? Um, so that's why they went away from the run. First of all, the run wasn't there. That's just my opinion. And we got to stop with the I hate shotgun runs because I'm telling you, man. Every time I break the numbers down, the shotgun runs being successful. You know, it's something. People knowing that Aaron Rodgers has that RPO in his back pocket, that really limits what the defense can do and keying in on the run too, right? And that's what makes that shotgun run so successful. You know, like I said on Twitter, had somebody tweet at me the other day and say it's the shotgun runs that's screwing things up. I went back and counted it for the Dallas game. We averaged over six yards of carry out of the shotgun running the ball. What, what are we talking about? Like, I understand you're frustrated about the Packers. I'm, I'm equally as frustrated. But – None of us get better as fans if we don't understand what's actually happening on the field. We've got to stop regurgitating what other people are saying as if that's the facts of the game and that's what actually happened because it's not. Like when you're averaging over six yards of carry, running the ball out of the gun, guess what I want the Packers to do? I I would love to see them run out of an ace look more, right? I would love to see them play under center and the, the, the great play-action pass game that we've seen here with the fake reverse and the touchdown to Christian Watson. I get it. But if you're telling me, yeah, I'd love to see that, but we're only going to average three yards a carry or um, we're, we're going to run out of the shotgun and average six, sorry, I'm taking the six. Let's run out of the gun if it works. And, and that's kind of where I'm at in this whole whole season. So I wanted to go through the flow of this game and point out when the game was on the line and we needed to play, who did we go to? Who stepped up? Who played well? Who played bad, right? And, and, and it'll at the end of the day, you'll look at it and go, okay, that's the story of the game. As Greg Cosell says, and Michael Lombardi always points out, if you see it, you got to say it. Like, if you see it on tape, if you see it on film, you've got to say it, or else you're not telling the story of the game. You've heard me mention now four different times Aaron Rodgers was inaccurate and he made bad decisions. And when I, when I mean my bad decisions, I know a lot of the Rodgers fans right now are going, he threw two, two touchdowns and no picks. You're right. He didn't turn the ball over. But it doesn't mean he didn't make any bad decisions. There was many times there were receivers open. Now, it's easy for me to sit here in this comfy chair, right, with the, the Christmas lights around that my wife did a great job, by the way. She is awesome. Um, I didn't do any of this. I just come home sometimes, and it's like this. And I'm like, this is cool, right? <laughs> it, it's like when people compliment me on a, on what I'm wearing. I go, hey, talk to her. She just threw it at me this morning and said, here, put this on, idiot. That's the way that works. So maybe I'm the only married guy that that's how <laughs> that's how they operate. But that's definitely uh, how we are here. So. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of go through the game flow and and talk about those things. And Aaron Rodgers is inaccuracies. Aaron Rodgers did make bad decisions. It wasn't in the plays I highlighted because I really wanted to highlight Christian Watson and what he's doing, right? Both of his touchdown catches. I wanted to highlight Rasul, 
right? Yeah, I darn sure wanted to talk about some of the no calls. I seen a minimum of two pass interference calls that weren't called for the Packers, and I seen two holding calls that weren't called on the same play. And it's one thing to look up and go, oh, come on, Clayton, it's one play. How much does it matter? I'll tell you how much it matters. At the time, we were only losing 14-9, to nine, and it was a 49-yard gain. That's how much it matters. You understand that's a 59-yard swing. If if the if they call that play, it's a 10-yard penalty instead of a 49-yard plus, right? That's a 59-yard swing, guys. That stuff matters. It matters. So um wanted to bring that up. And again, for me, um Rasul Douglas, he continues to play well. He's one of those guys I didn't expect this to carry over this year. I didn't. Um, like not compl- I don't want to say I didn't expect it. I wouldn't have been surprised if we looked up and said, okay, it was a fluke year. But I'm not expecting to see Jair Alexander making the mistakes he's making. And and like Coach pointed out on that play, it just seems uncoachable. I mean, when you've got the same guy that's coming out complaining that his teammates didn't vote him captain, and then he complained earlier that, um, you know, he wants to be following the number one receiver, okay, and then you see on this play him playing hero ball, saying flush flush what the system and the scheme and the keys are telling me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to go make this pick. And you get burned over the top. And and you could kind of see on that play too. I, I would go back, but we're going to wrap the show up. Um, you could see Savage look at him at the end of the play like, hey, what was that? And, you know, you guys know I've been as critical about Savage as anyone. And, and he's got pl- – there's plenty of blame to go around. This isn't just Jair Alexander is the reason we're losing, right? It's, that's not the case at all. It's not what I'm saying. But you got to point it out. If you see it, you got to say it. And Jair Alexander completely blew that coverage. It was a crucial moment. And those are the things that are happening. It seems like what can go wrong will go wrong this year, and it happens at the most inopportune times for the Green Bay Packers. So I, I think that kind of sums up how the season's gone. Now, am I saying I want Jair gone? If I did, it didn't matter anyway because that new contract extension, he's locked in for a long, long time. But forget the extension. Of course I want Jair on this team. I just want everybody to be humbled and go, all right, look, maybe the way we're doing things isn't working. And and people all over Twitter are saying fire Joe Barry, and, and that might be the right move. I'm not saying it's not. But to sit here and pretend like that was Joe Barry's fault is silly. On the, the third and seven play where Jair Alexander gave up the first down catch, right? Everybody's saying, look how soft he's playing. Joe Barry, this is Joe Barry 101. Play, play 10 yards off the ball when you only need seven. I get the frustration, and, it, and it's an easy argument to look at that and go, okay, the coaches need to take care of that. But at what point is your $20 million a year cornerback, Jair Alexander, responsible for, you know what, Hark, this is a third and seven play. I'm not going to let him get past the sticks. I mean, you don't don't give me the argument that he's playing within the scheme and he's just being unselfish and and he doesn't want to try to be the superhero because I just showed you a second and short play where he was willing to give up a huge 31-yard pass to try to be the hero and jump a flat on a second and short play. It's it's what I'm saying is like the aggressiveness isn't there in the key moments. Everything's just sporadic. And that does fall on the coaching staff. I will give them that. The the people that are saying fire Joe Barry. And, again, it might be the right move. Who knows, right? Still a little early, I think, before you start firing people. we got to kind of sit down, be calm. All right, look at everything that's gone wrong this year. Try to tally it up and go, okay, yeah, this is where I think the the, the change needs to be made, whether it's personnel or coaching staff or both, right? So, again, that's Chalk Talk. Hopefully we made this to where you guys could listen to it on the podcast and kind of understand what we were talking about. Hopefully you come away – Kind of, kind of knowing, okay, now I know the story of the game and why the Packers lost. It's not to be overly negative. It's not to try to be too positive. But we want to tell the entire story so everybody comes away, including myself, understanding at a different level, okay, why did the game unfold the way it unfolded? Okay, so just want to thank everybody for hopping in here. Thanks, uh, Goose and the guys, for hopping in the chat. Appreciate you guys watching on Twitter and YouTube. Um, also, thank you to uh, everyone listening to this on podcast form. It should drop around noon central time here on Saturday. And uh, we hope everybody has an awesome weekend. We will be back tomorrow for our Sunday show. May try to do some kind of roundtable. I'm not sure yet. My goal, guys, is to do the Chalk Talk segments the very first show immediately following the game. So that's why we did Chalk Talk this week. 
uh, on a Saturday because we had the Thursday game. Saturday's the first day with Packers total access. So we want to bring you that information on the quickest, uh, you know, as quick as possible with the very next show that's up uh, as far as Packers total access. That way we can dive into the other stuff later in the week. I, I didn't like doing that last week where we did the chalk talk on Thursday and it was so many days removed. People were already moved beyond Dallas and uh, and on to the Tennessee game. So I want to kind of try to get that straightened up moving forward. And that's completely my, my mistake for not being better at that in the past. So if you if you guys are listening to this on podcast form at noon central time on Saturday, appreciate your time. Hope you guys have a blessed day and uh yeah, go out and have a great weekend. We're going to get to watch some football on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch football stress free, pressure free, right? And uh root against some of those NFC North teams and I know I'll be rooting against those teams in the NFC that's still in the wild card hunt just to try to give our Packers a chance to sneak in, but at the same time and there should be some good football on Uh, all across the country. So appreciate your time. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go.